You guys know that I've joined the Business Renegades podcast to the podcast Her Network. It's really been a game changer for the fast track to growing this podcast, and I am so excited to tell you that they are opening their doors right now for you to come and join too. If you want to learn more, join the founder, Jonah Bolt, and myself at the upcoming masterclass, Three-Step Visibility Engine, by registering at podcasther.com forward slash masterclass. I'm so freaking excited for season two of the Business Renegades. So I'm back. <laughs> We're back with a whole new season, a whole new experience. So we did a big pivot this summer. We are now not co-hosting. It is just me and I'm having guests come on the podcast. We're going to be interviewing some pretty amazing people focusing on courses and digital products and doing things differently to help you build the life that you love. We are talking today about course creation myths. So I am going to be busting a lot of the myths that I hear about on a daily basis. These things come up in conversations. People send me DMs all the time. And so I'm gonna, I've gathered them all up and I'm going to myth bust them. I'm gonna call bullshit. I'm gonna call bullshit on a lot of this stuff. So brace yourself. So myth one is you need to be an expert to create a course. You want to share about your experience or your expertise, but that's relative. So myth one is you need to be an expert to create a course. And I'm going to say no. (laughs) I don't think so. I believe, and it wasn't like my idea, like this number is arbitrary, but it was said from a friend of mine who is a course creator. She's She's a fantastic coach. She teaches people how to use Canva for social media and marketing their business. So she's amazing and I I adore her. And she said, you need to know just 10% more than the person you are teaching. And that hit me deeply. Like, yes, I am not an expert in all of the things, but I know quite a bit about a lot of things so that I can help people build their courses. I kind of educate myself as we go through the process. And it's the same I feel for you as a coach who wants to create a course for your clients that you know just 10% more than the person you are trying to teach. You don't need to know everything about everything or everything about a particular subject. You need to know enough to be able to provide value and to be able to facilitate that transformation. So get them from point A to point B. The second myth is you need expensive equipment to start. No, 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 no. You don't even need a fucking production studio. So here's the thing. A lot of these big time coaches who you see, uh, Amy Porterfield, Uh, Lindsay Schwartz, I admire all of these people and don't get me wrong, they are fucking fantastic. But they started out with like an iPhone in their kitchen. They're not, they didn't start out with a studio and a full production team doing all of the things like, that's not how you start. That's where you want to eventually be, but start small. I have a guide, best practices that I give my clients on how to set up their microphone, how to set up their lighting, what to do to get started right. Because if you can just nail down these basics, you're off to a great fucking start. So we start with mic technique. Whether or not your recording video is irrelevant, we wanna make sure that mic is on point. 
above video. We can get by with less than fucking perfect video, but you cannot survive with crappy audio. So what I teach my clients is to invest in a decent mic. So you want to start with a dynamic mic. It doesn't have to be like a $200 road mic. It could be something simple from Amazon, but you want a dynamic mic, not a condenser mic. And the Yeti is a condenser. And that is what we're going to do use to preserve the audio quality. That doesn't pick up all of the background noise from like your computer or the lawnmower outside. It, it gives us nice, clean, crisp audio. In addition to the mic, I want you to pick up a pop filter and you can get one for as low as 10 bucks. And a pop filter is this thing that goes in front of your microphone that stops the plosives. And the plosives, I won't get too deep into that because you could watch a YouTube video on this, but basically it's your P's and S's that sound funny when you talk into a mic. So that helps minimize that. And then when you set up your mic, what I want you to do is to put it on a surface that you're not touching for the rest of the time. Like, don't put your cell phone on the desk. Don't use um, a pen if you're writing on that same desk. Just set the mic and then leave it alone. And when you are sitting, have a position that you're not moving back and forth from the mic. You're not turning your head. You're not fucking around because all of these different variations cause changes in the audio. So right now, I'm sitting about eight inches or so from my mic. If I were to turn to the side, I have now altered the sound quality. The sound level is is off. You can hear it when the it sounds like the voice is starting to fade, like somebody has turned the corner. So stay in that range where your mic can pick you up. It's eight to 10, maybe 12 inches, some are even a little less than that. So set your mic, don't touch it anymore, and speak clearly into the mic. Lighting is another one. So I I love natural light, and I understand that most people don't have a big-ass window right behind their desk monitor so that it's not perfect. I, that's fine. But you don't need a big soft box and like diffuser or like all this kind of fancy production equipment. You really just need like a ring light and instead of angling it at your face, you want to pivot it up higher towards the ceiling. You want to angle your ring light a little up higher towards the ceiling and that's just so that the light bounces from the ceiling down onto you and it has that like diffused effect versus that harsh, this harsh look. If you're watching the podcast, you'll see what I just did. I turned the ring light and faced it at my face versus turning it up. So this is what it looks like when you turn on the light. It's very harsh. It's not flattering on anybody. I don't care what color you use. But if you turn it up towards the ceiling, and if you're close to a wall, like your desk is backed up to a wall, you can face it to the wall entirely like that, and you get that, you know, that soft diffused light all over your front, like, you know, your face. So that is just a couple of simple tricks that we do to help with the lighting and the audio. You don't need a big ass production studio. You don't need to go rent a space if you have a quiet office in your home or a room that you can use for recording. 
The third myth is once you build it, they will come. I promise you, this is not like church. You don't build it and they will come. You have to constantly be marketing your course. You have to constantly be selling and promoting your course and you have to get it in front of the right people. You cannot just build it, post it on your website or Teachable or Udemy or whatever platform you want to use and expect people to just buy it. You have to sell it. You can't expect people to know that you have a course if you don't talk about it. You can't expect them to buy it if you don't sell it. So while, and I'll I'll dive deeper into this in the next myth, because the next myth is about passive income. While it is a passive product, because you've already created it, you're not messing around with it anymore, that doesn't mean you don't tell people about it. So you want to have an email sequence or two for this. You want to have you know, ads running if you are at that stage that you can run ads. You want to be going on podcasts talking about it. You want to talk about it on your Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Sell the damn thing or it will not sell. I don't care how amazing your course is. If you don't tell people about it, they're not going to know. The fourth myth that we're going to dive right in. So the fourth one is courses are passive income streams. Yes and no. Yes, they are passive in that You've already done the work in advance and you've put in all of the work to create it and building it and setting it. So now that active creation part is over. Now you go into the more passive where it's selling and people are going through the course. You're still going to be managing it to some extent. If you're like me, you want to know the analytics. You want to be seeing who is going through the course. What parts are they doing? What are they skipping? Ask for feedback while they're in the course versus not knowing what the hell is going on, not knowing where they're dropping off. If they are dropping off, I want to know why, what is going on, because clearly something isn't resonating. And so you do that while people are still active in the course and they skip a section or two or they skip a lesson or two. Why did you skip that lesson? What happened? People want to know that you care, that they're not just an order number. So if you're following your analytics, you're going to be able to see what is going on within that course, what is happening to the people who are taking the course. Send them a message. It doesn't have to be, you know, a link to book a call or here's a big long ass survey. It can just be a simple DM. Hey, I saw you're in module three, lesson two. I saw that you skipped the last two. What happened? Did you not need that section? Or was it too, like, what's going on? Super, super simple communication because these are human. You're you're selling to humans. So have that human connection. Build that relationship with your audience. I guarantee you, most of those people will reply. Most of those people will tell you exactly what happened. And then from there, you can take action. So it's not entirely true that it is passive. You have to monitor your stuff. You have to be promoting it. You have to be selling it. Otherwise, it's not going to go anywhere. Take that advice that people are giving you and make it better. Make the changes. It's not passive. You're still having to do some work. There is some management. There is some changes and tweaks that you have to be doing in order to make sure that It is a quality product that people want to finish and that you are getting those positive reviews and that feedback from your audience. 
but it is much more passive than sending out all these links to book a call, to hopping on these different sales calls, to hopping on 8, 10, 12 coaching calls a day or a week. I mean, I have one client who had 40, 40 one-on-one clients. How do you take 40 one-on-one clients in one week? I don't know. Props to you, but there are better ways of doing this. There are better ways of serving your audience that doesn't involve you trading all of your free time for that one-on-one client. Myth five is all you need is content. And that's like, oh, all I need to do is record the video. All I need to do is give them this PDF and this ebook and this like thing. All you need is content is not accurate. The content is helpful. But really and truly, the transformations happen when people feel supported and they have accountability. So when people know that you are there, you're watching the analytics, you're seeing that they are going through the process and you see that they get stuck on something and you reach out. Or if you are doing, let's say, a four-week program, having one group coaching called week where they get to submit their questions, you answer their questions, and you kind of go through the process with them. People want that accountability. They want that support. We crave, as humans, we crave community. So if you can build that into a holistic learning experience, do it. Yes, you're still hopping on a Zoom call, but you're hopping on one a week with a group, you know, a room full of people versus how many a week with one person. So yes, the content is great and that is helpful, but the magic happens in the support and accountability and in building that community. So let me recap real quick. You don't need to be an expert to create a course. You need to know 10%, at least 10% more than the person you are trying to teach. Matthew Allen, who said, your ideal client is you from three to five years ago. And that I think that rings true for most people. Your ideal audience, your ideal client is someone like you or you from three to five years ago. Those are the people who will resonate the most with you. So you don't need to be an expert. You just need to know a little bit more than them to teach them. You don't need expensive equipment to start. You need a simple dynamic mic and a half decent ring light or a nice window where light comes in so that you are evenly lit and you sound crisp and clear. We can get by with less than amazing video. You will not get by with less than amazing audio. Courses are not like church. You cannot build it and expect people to come. You have to be promoting it. You have to be talking about it. You have to be getting in front of the right audience. Courses are a more passive stream of income. You have to balance maintaining the course content and promoting it and marketing it and selling it. And finally, all you need is content is not entirely accurate. We want community. We want support. We want accountability. And I want you to think about that as you build out your course, build out your program. Try to see it as a holistic learning experience. 
There you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to follow on Instagram at it's Maria Kreider and check out the show notes. I have linked it below so you can download the best practices for recording. This is your camera, lighting, and mic techniques and a list of supplies that you might need to get started. So if you need that, go down to the show notes.